The KXAN News Podcast is sponsored by Shelf Genie. In-depth, investigative. This is KXAN News Today. Austin Energy crews are working around the clock to restore power, but the potential for rain today could cause more setbacks. Good morning, I'm Tom Miller. Good morning, I'm Sally Atnandas. Let's head over to Rich Siegel joining us now with a look at how this Monday or Tuesday rather, excuse me, morning is gonna look like. We're gonna be fine for the next couple of hours and most of what we're going to see today is going to be rain. I think we pick up on these isolated thunderstorms in the forecast as we get later into the afternoon with the approach of today's cold front and then more thunderstorms become numerous tonight and on to tomorrow. But right now, radar is indicating no rain at this time. Now, there may be some surface reports of drizzle, but any significant rain is not uh, showing up on the radar now. A couple of hours as the upper level low comes out of the southwest and we'll start seeing this rain in the next uh, few hours. Visibility is fine this morning. No issues with fog yet, and hopefully it'll stay that way. Temperatures are closer to the average high for the day than the average low, which is 44, but the average high in the mid 60s. And we are in that 63 to 66 degree temperature range right now. So it's feeling really good this morning. Winds are coming out of the southeast at around five to 10 miles an hour. Some higher winds at Dripping Springs there, about 13. And these winds today will continue out of the southeast at around 10 to 15 miles an hour. So just plan for that increasing humidity as well as the rain approaches. Now we're going to find cloudy sky. We'll see that rain possible as as we get into uh, the next couple of hours, 62 degrees, a drop off and then showers and perhaps even a few isolated thunderstorms during the afternoon. Temperatures will peak this afternoon in the low to mid 70s. I have a very detailed seven day forecast for you and rain projected totals coming up in just a little bit. Tom. Thank you, Rich. Today, Travis County leaders could extend the disaster declaration in our area. Little more than 9,000 people remain without power this morning. Yeah, many families are questioning whether they're going to receive any kind of relief money from the city or the county because of the declaration. KXN's Brianna Hollis talks to homeowners about the extra expenses they're covering during this extended outage. Um, 24 burgers, there's like, like 24 pork chops, 24 chicken breasts. All bad. At the Hunt's home in Northeast Austin, the lights are back on, but they had to throw out a whole fridge of food, a bulk order they got delivered because Cheryl was scheduled for eye surgery. They're both visually impaired. And we're used to taking care of ourselves, and it was really difficult because we couldn't Take care of ourselves. Travis County Judge Andy Brown's office says it's still working out the details of declaration funding, and there's no definitive answer on direct help for families just yet. On Friday, as Judge Brown and Mayor Kirk Watson signed the declaration, we asked if any of the money would go to people who had to throw out food or couldn't work because of the outages. My understanding is that, yes, that additional funding can help with things like you mentioned, um, as well as uh, other, other expenses. And needing to hire an electrician, some of this money can go for those kinds of things as well. Judge Brown says funding for additional resources for the Central Texas Food Bank is also included. Austin Energy General Manager Jackie Sargent addressed the idea of getting some money to AE customers. We would like to see some funding go to assisting our customers. Uh, we know that customers' houses have been impacted. Back at the hunts, their problems aren't fixed with the flip of a switch, but they are grateful for what they have. Having said all that, at least we can take care of ourselves. What about the people who can't? The people who have no have nothing. They lose they lose a month's worth of food and they're destitute. Brianna Hollis, KXAN News.
The reimbursement process for disaster declarations does take some time. Judge Brown's office says it'll likely be months before we see any of this money. Alice to Mayor Kirk Watson says people's frustrations are valid. And later on this week, he and other council members plan to look at the effectiveness of the city manager, Spencer Kronk. Basically, is he doing his job well? The mayor said that there was a lack of management of the ice storm situation. I serve at the pleasure of this new mayor and council, and I'll be having that conversation with them on Thursday. You know, I'm here to really make sure that we are responding directly to this winter weather event, and so that's been my sole focus. Just a few months ago, city council voted to give Kronk a roughly $38,000 raise. He's the second highest paid city employee right behind Austin Energy's director, who makes more than $400,000. Austin Energy did kindly ask for people to leave them alone while they're doing the work that they need to do. Utility leaders say they have gotten reports from crews out in the field of people threatening them. Some verbal, um, some people are protecting their property. Um, we even have, I mean, of course, we're working 24 hours a day. So as our crews are out working, sometimes we may surprise a customer and um, they may come out and address our crews. So that's, that's what's happening with some of these these incidents with the customers. Have you had to leave any sites because of this so far? No, we have not, but we will. If our crews, the, the safety of our crews is the most important thing that we have. We will not put them in harm's way. Our internal crews, especially not the guys that are coming in to help from other places. My number one priority is making sure these guys get home the way they showed up here. Austin Energy adds if crews feel that they are in danger and they need to leave a site, it will only delay your repairs as well as anyone else on that circuit. And that will ultimately make your repair take even longer. President Biden making some last minute tweaks to his State of the Union address, what he now plans to talk about. Why more Texans could be banned from using TikTok. Good morning, a live look from our tower camera on top of our KXAN studio, looking back at downtown Austin. We appreciate you being here with us today. I want to tell you about some military teams now working to recover and analyze remnants of the suspected Chinese spy balloon. This is that balloon that crews shot down over the weekend. Yeah, China called the U.S. response unacceptable and irresponsible. American investigators hope to recover the payload capsule that fell off the coast of South Carolina. The U.S. Defense Department believes the balloon was for surveillance and that China could maneuver it. And some Republican lawmakers criticized President Biden for not ordering to shoot it down earlier. The president said that he follows the military's advice. They concluded we should not shoot it down over land. It was not a serious threat, and we should wait till it got across the water. A senior U.S. general told reporters the balloon was 200 feet tall and weighed more than 2,000 pounds. China insists it was a weather balloon. Another official said previous Chinese surveillance balloons have flown over the U.S. during both the Biden and Trump administrations. President Biden is making some last minute changes to tonight's State of the Union address. He's expected to talk about China. Three people familiar with the speech tell NBC News parts of Biden's address are undergoing edits. It will now reflect that balloon situation. Sources say the speech will not include any new policy announcements in the wake of the incident. You can watch the President's State of the Union speech right here on KXAN tonight at 8. Still ahead, why parts of Hayes County are no longer accepting storm debris. And why Austin City leaders are worried today's weather could slow down the process to restore energy. 
Longhorns looking for their third win over a top 11 team in a week. Highlights from Lawrence, Kansas coming up. This KXAN News Podcast is brought to you by Shelf Genie. I'm Rosie Newberry from KXAN Studio 512. Considering replacing your kitchen cabinets? Struggling to find or reach things? Go to shelfgenie.com slash Austin. Shelf Genie designs custom pull-out shelves for your existing cabinets, adding convenience and value to the most used room in your home. Shelf Genie custom pull-out shelves, everything in reach. Good morning, Abuta. Beautiful look at the rock and dirt yard camera that we have right there for you. In Nabuta, you can see I-35 in the background to give you an idea of what that looks like in case you're taking I-35 into work or into school this morning. Well, more Texans may soon be banned from using TikTok. Governor Greg Abbott announced new restrictions yesterday for state workers. In December, the governor banned the app on all state-issued devices, citing concerns about Chinese influence and data security. Now he is directing state agencies to ban the app on personal phones for state employees and contractors. It's if they use those phones for any state business. There are currently no plans though to ban TikTok for other Texans. Some Texas lawmakers in Congress want to go further though. House Foreign Affairs Chairman Michael McCall says his committee will consider a bill. This would allow the president to ban TikTok, TikTok on more devices. This is really to protect uh, people from uh, intrusions from a foreign nation adversary. Uh, uh, by uh, downloading the app, it, it does act as a backdoor so they can get into your hardware, they can get into your data, they can get into your keystrokes. Everything that's on your phone can be accessible uh, to, to China. Push back on these efforts from governments at various agencies all across the country. TikTok launched a data security operation it calls Project Texas. It's partnering with Austin-based software company Oracle, processing user data from within the United States. Representative McCall appeared on State of Texas this past weekend to detail his concerns about China beyond just TikTok. You have warned about the potential of a war between uh, China invading Taiwan in the coming years. Talk about why you think that is more imminent now than before. Well, it's based upon my briefings, both classified and non classified, I think, ever since Afghanistan fell and the debacle that took place there. So I do think in answer to your question that they are going to try to overthrow the Taiwanese election and they can take it over without a shot fired. However, if they are not successful in that effort, I do believe that they will then go to plan B, which would be either a blockade or an outright military invasion of the island. We have more from McCall's wide-ranging conversation with Monica Madden. Check it out right now on KXAN.com. Okay, do you remember the first time that you bought a lottery ticket? No. Me neither. I, I was trying to think, like, yeah. how old was I? No. No, I wasn't obviously a kid. I wasn't Probably in my gambling. 20s. In your 20s, 20s, right? Yeah. yeah. Sounds about right. But there is somebody who's younger than that. An 18-year-old in Ontario, Canada, made history by winning 48 million Canadian dollars on her first ever purchase Ooh. of a lottery ticket. So that equates to about $36 million in U.S. dollars. <laughs> that really sets the bar high for all future lottery <laughs> oh ticket purchases. Juliette Lamour says her grandfather suggested she buy a ticket on her 18th birthday. After the drawing, she checked the numbers while at work and she saw she won. Jeez. She uh, called her mom who said 
Keep working before you come home. Okay. <laughs> she says that she plans to invest most of the money and travel before studying to become a doctor. Okay. Well, she's going to need some of that money to pay for her education, exactly. I'm sure, to become yeah. a doctor. Hopefully exactly. not all of it. It's crazy. Yeah, it really is. Well, we congratulate her. I mean, you know, she could probably use it. Who couldn't use that much exactly. money, right? It's Amazing. incredible. How old was I when I got, did you? Oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> Well, let's get right into the weather. We still don't have any rain to tell you about yet. We thought we might see just a few areas of drizzle or light rain uh, starting at about 3 to 4 o'clock, but it's a little delayed in getting here because the upper level energy for this system has moved uh, very slowly into the southwest. Here's a live look from the Austonian. 65 degrees. That's the normal high for the day. We're heading into the 70s for highs this afternoon. All right, the upper level wind flow coming out of the southwest to the northeast on our water vapor imagery. And there's the main system that is had moving from Las Vegas down to just to the west of El Paso. And it's going to glide across the east. And as it gets closer to us, the thunderstorm risk starts to go up. But ahead of that, we're just going to see rounds of rain. Not now, but as we get into the rest of the morning. And here comes the front, the front passing San Saba Mason into Llano by noon. We're still just seeing widespread rain and then thunderstorms start to increase a little bit as we get into the six o'clock time frame. We're just seeing a few isolated thunderstorms that will continue to move across the east as it moves with that front. But then as the low moves closer, we then pick up on more of this rain, a second round of showers and thunderstorms lasting into the morning commute on Wednesday and through the late morning into the early afternoon. And by about two to three o'clock, the rain is gone and then we'll see decreasing clouds and we'll end the day around six o'clock or so with sunshine. All right, here we go with the rain projections now. This is about the fifth revision that we've had here of about a half an inch to an inch plus in some locations, but not as much once again in some of our hill country communities. There is again a severe storm threat. It is marginal, one out of five. Far Eastern Williamson, Far Eastern Travis, let's just say east of I-35 on over into our eastern counties. And the Weather Prediction Center still has much of our area under that flash flood threat. So that's going to be our big concerns today. Will be some strong gusty winds and some isolated flooding and nothing else. All right, 74 today, 80% chance of showers and thunderstorms, 90% tonight, 80% tomorrow until about noon to 1 o'clock. 57 for the high tomorrow. We go back up on the roller coaster to 70, and then a stronger cold front comes in Thursday night. 55 with strong wind, feeling like 40s on Friday, down to freezing on Saturday, freezing and below, and then we'll pick up on some rain early next week. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Good morning to you. It was going to be a tall task for Texas, winning at Kansas State on Saturday. Wildcats were ranked 7th at the time. And then last night, going over to Lawrence to take on the Jayhawks, ranked number 9 and coming off a loss. Rodney Terry's club with some big road wins already. Allen Fieldhouse, tough place to play. Jason Garrett taking in the action. And sure enough, KU came out with fire. KJ Adams, the Westlake product, the slam. Quick 6-0 lead. But Texas weathers the first storm as Sir Jabari Rice, that patented pump fake, the bucket, the foul, and game is tied up at 12. And then Kansas goes on another run. Their star freshman, Grady Dick, hits the three. 14-point lead. Rodney Terry calls timeout. Longhorns, though, settle in, and Marcus Carr, end of the half, three-pointer, and it's a seven-point Kansas lead. Second half, Longhorns come out strong. Carr, pull up, tied up, 43 all, less than three minutes in, and then... Texas down by one, and 
They have a chance to take the lead on Cars 3. Not only does he miss, but that leads to a KU run out. They are so good in transition. Kevin McCullough, the spin, the bucket, the foul, and just like that, Jayhawks reclaim the momentum. And then another missed shot by Sir Jabari Rice and another run out. Excellent bounce pass. That's Joseph Yesifu with the bucket, the big slam. This one kind of went back and forth from there, but Texas could never get close enough. Kansas wins it 88-80 is the final score. So the Longhorns for the moment in first place in the Big 12, a half game ahead of Iowa State. Iowa State takes on West Virginia tomorrow. Texas has some much-needed rest as they get to come home, and then they'll play on Saturday. That's an 11 a.m. game against West Virginia. Back to you. Thank you, Roger. Branches are still scattered alongside a lot of our roads and in people's yards. So much of it. There's so much damage in some places. Hayes County officials had to stop accepting debris because they didn't have enough space to put it. KXAN's Sarah Alshay explains why many say losing these trees has left them heartbroken. Twigs and branches scattered all across Carrie Napierkowski's backyard in Dripping Springs. She is one of many devastated by the damage from last week's winter storm. This was just filled with majestic heritage oaks and old pecan trees and uh, to look at it now is very heartbreaking. Many of her trees destroyed. We bought it purely for the property because of all the magnificent trees. Not only us, so many people are mourning their trees. The cleanup process continues for Napierkowski as well as for others like the nonprofit Austin Disaster Relief Network. They have more than 1,300 requests across Central Texas for help. The need is great and, and we're engaging with churches from across our community as well as other agencies to assist in that need. In Dripping Springs, much of the tree debris comes here to Dripping Springs Ranch Park. It's almost 10, 12 feet at some places. But with so much coming in, the city had to close it until further notice. Trying to get rid of what they have to accept more. Uh, what we're waiting on is the county to provide us with chipper shredders so we can chip this up, shred it up, and you know, make more room so that we can open back up. For Napierkowski, the cleanup is expected to be costly and take months. But she says thankfully her family is here to help, including some strong but little hands. I'm getting I'm getting the tween back to normal. Sarah Olshek, KXAN News. <laughs> Over in Austin, the city tells us its crews took care of 70 debris removal calls just yesterday. 950 have been addressed since the beginning of the winter storm. Parks and Rec Department also helps in clearing down trees and debris. Tech sector layoffs are now coming to Round Rock-based Dell Technologies. We broke this news yesterday that Dell is laying off more than 6,000 of its workers. We do not know how many of those are going to be locally. But one Austin-based economist told us he doesn't think it's going to have a significant impact on our economy. The job market in Austin is fairly strong still with only an unemployment rate of less than 3%. I'm sure they will be placed in other companies. Um, so I don't know that the impact is going to be long-term felt. According to Bloomberg, Dell will reduce its staff by about 5%. And this could potentially drop Dell out of the largest private sector employee, employers in our area. Right now, our partners at the Austin Business Journal list Dell as number two. It's just behind HEB. Other large employers include Ascension Texas, Amazon, St. David's Healthcare. They all have between 10,000 and 12,000 local employees.
Thanks for joining KXAN News today. You can also listen to KXAN News Nightly every weekday after 5.30 p.m. for in-depth coverage on what matters most to you.